everybody. Welcome to Race Time Radio. Joe Chisholm along with Joe Chisholm Jr. tonight in the Race Time Radio studio. I'll tell you what, not all the gremlins out of this studio just yet, uh, but I do believe, I just do believe we are getting really close on it. It's going to take a little bit to get it uh, all back to where it was, but Jr., we've been off to your long, long time, man. Good to be back. Yes, it's great to be back. And... Uh... A, a new studio, new colors, yeah. hanging out here. It's uh, it's looking good. All the all the buttons are are looking to be pointed in the right direction, and uh, you've you've done a lot of work here. Well, we're sure hoping that we're going to be able to get through tonight's program. Um, it's not for lack of trying. I can guarantee you that. I thought I had everything worked out this afternoon, and then sure enough. Um, things went south about, uh, I don't know, two minutes before we went on the air, uh, did a little double check and I should have done a triple check this afternoon, but I didn't, but, uh, man, we haven't been on the air since like Daytona and now we've had lots of short track racing, uh, under our belt, Xfinity trucks, and of course, cup, cup going on right now as we speak for Martinsville, we're missing the tail end of it. We are missing the tail end of it, but, uh. You can thank Mother Nature for that one, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Rescheduled. Um, it, there's been uh, there's been a lot of things happen since the last time we were on the air, and there's been a lot of news that has came down through the pipe. Um, it, has there been anything that's caught your eye that has jumped off the page and and really shocked you? Lots of stuff, actually. I'm really happy to see the way. Uh, some of the different truck teams are running. Um, you know, uh, Haley Deegan maybe not doing exactly what uh, she was kind of, uh, I don't know, propped to go out and do. Uh, to see the things that are all transpiring with um, uh, Grand and Finger. Um, you know, he's working through the adversities, not full time this year. Um, missed that one, kind of threw him into uh, a different area code. But you know what? He's working his way through it. He's strong when he's in the truck. That's kind of cool to see. Um, just uh, there's so much. There's so much happening. Um, it, it's it's cool. It's a good time to be a race fan. I can tell you that. It is for sure. There's there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of excitement. Um, you know, looking at uh, across Ontario here, um, there's been you know lots of. Uh, Lots of uh, it, it seems like everything is being fragmented. So there's a lot of fragmented news that that's coming down through the pipe. So we're seeing, you know, the the um, drivers kind of registered uh, being launched um, for the APC series, for the APC Superstock series, for the um, Oscar Hot Rods and Modifieds. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing them kind of trickle in right on on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I haven't seen like a published list of of who is all registered and ready to go. Right. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of different things that we got to worry about on the lockdown side of things here. Um, but we're seeing the the names kind of trickle in, mm-hmm. and um, the names are are definitely not surprising. Right. Um, there's been a lot of you know returnees and and uh, uh, but the one you know big bright spot is the Superstock series that the APC that the APC series has kind of adopted for this year. Right. Um uh, you know I have seen a lot of new cars. I've seen a lot of of you know teams that have invested a tremendous amount of money um and time into creating 
you know, something worthy of traveling, you know, not right. just a right, right. local Saturday night super stock uh, team. But, uh, you know, you look at, at the names like Corey McAllister and, and all those guys that have launched so far. And, and I urge everybody to go check out Facebook and, and, you know, check out the social media, the very various social media platforms. Yep. Um, but, you know, there's been a, a bunch of names that have been listed on the APC United series um, Facebook page uh, of you know people who have launched in um, and and you know put their put their flag in the ground and said we're going racing next year and and uh, um, you know it's I, I, it's exciting to see the super stocks kind of paired up with the with the late models yeah it is two that pop off the page for me that I've seen in just the last few days Jason Parker announced he's yes. going to be in a super stock yep. good to hear his name back into the mix. Um, and the other one to see was Dave McMahon. I've seen that one in there. Uh, kind of thought he was going APC when I first heard about it. Had a look at it. Sure enough, it's going to be super stock. But great news to hear Dave McMahon uh, going to jump into the fold, too. It's going to be a lot of really, really good teams in that super stock division. And, uh, you know, the APC series uh, all getting ready to... To, to hit the racetrack. Hopefully we can get to the track, but we'll talk lots about that. Oh, yeah. um, but you know what? It all starts with getting ready to go. It is only April up here. Absolutely. Um, Garrett Tamirzma, um, you know, a, a, a synonymous last name to, uh, oh, to yeah. all short track racing here in Ontario. Um, but uh, Garrett threw his name in um, as well. Uh, uh, Marley Owen, John Owen's daughter. Right. Um, in, in the 21 car. Um, Josh Stoddy came out with a beautiful livery. He's got a primary sponsor that uh, new uh, sponsor. That we got to get him on and talk about absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, but he he you know unveiled a brand new sponsor. Um, uh, just a, a, a great to see. You know the primary sponsorship on the short track side of things has went by the wayside over the years. Mm -hmm. You know. Yep. And um, uh, you know it's it's making a resurgence. Um, not just with Josh Stoddy, but across the board, um, you know, even even looking into the United States and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, it, for a long time there, what you've seen out of short track racing was 25 or 30 sponsors on a car. Yeah. And yeah. It, that's because that's what it took. Yep. Um, but you're seeing the kind of the resurgence as the economy kind of evolves. Um, I read a really interesting article. There's a resurgence of regional companies now, you know, companies that service a region as opposed to, um, you know, national or, or local. Right, and, right. and when you look at, at the costs of, of, you know, racing, uh, any traveling provincial or statewide series or multi-state series or multi-province series, um, you need funding that is the equivalent to a regional company right yep. somebody a, a company with multiple locations or you know a, a very diverse business portfolio um you need to have a base there and you're seeing a resurgence now uh, of companies that are focused on regional business um and uh you know there's there's a lot of great ties in uh, and josh Stoddy is just a, another one of those that are in the checkmark category for uh positive news stories within the sport well we will be digging into a lot of those uh, throughout the course of time now that we're back on the air let me tell you who we got coming on the show tonight we got a stout lineup for you uh, if you've been following along out in Western Canada, out in BC to be uh, specific, uh, the, the name Trevor Siebert, not only out there, but everywhere, 
uh, here in Canada and across the United States. Uh, Trevor has been one busy guy. Avion Motorsports, uh, the RS1 series, how about Area 27? And if he didn't have enough to do, now he's the new owner of Penticton Speedway out in B.C. Uh, We're going to have Trevor Siebert on the show to kick things off here shortly. We'll also hear tonight from a Maritime Pro Stock Tour competitor. Uh, How about a past champion? Uh, The number 53, Nicole Butcher, is going to stop on by. We'll talk some Pro Stock Tour racing, and we'll find out how everything's coming together in that Atlantic Tilt Load uh, Chevrolet shop. Uh, We'll check in with Cole. Then, how about off to the province of Quebec and a guy that sat atop the Indianapolis 500 pole one day, Alex Tagliani. Of course, we know him uh, for all that Alex has done. He is getting ready for a dynamite 2021 Pinty Series, and I can well imagine Alex Tagliani's got a ton happening, and it would be a good time to check in with him, so that's what we're going to do tonight here on Race Time Radio. So we got lots coming at you, um, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty cool talking to Ke- uh, Trevor out there in BC. Talk about a busy guy, Junior. That guy has got a ton happening. I know he's got a lot of good people. He's going to need them. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, 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 you're going to see a lot more of this out of that group. Um, you know, we had Trevor on the program, I'm going to say, probably 13 months ago. Yeah, um, quite a while it was, ago. It was a year and a bit ago. Um, and, you know, he kind of alluded to the business model that, that – you know the in the area twenty seven the avion motorsports the uh that group um they're taking a completely different approach to what motorsports is all about and um you know we were really intrigued then we're seeing it kind of come into you know into play now um uh buying a track that you know I don't want to. It's not a dilapidated track, but they're going in and revamping it. Oh yeah, completely. man! They got shovels in they're, the ground. They're changing, you know, the platform that is there. Um, so they are they're making you know a, a major fundamental you know investment into the race program out there, and you're going to see more of that, I think. So it'll be really interesting to talk to Trevor on on the goings on so far, um, and and where he kind of views it going forward. Um, I, I think that there's some really interesting stuff. And then as well, Tagliani, I've been following along with tags. Yeah. Yeah. The indoor cart cart program is, I, I've never seen tags be so happy. (laughs) You know, every post that he posts, he's, he's ecstatic and rightly so. Um, they are building something super cool over there in, in Quebec. Um, you know, the indoor karting program that he's got going, um, you know, have you seen much of the facility? Like the facility itself is is phenomenal. I have not. No, I so have not. It's you know multi level. So uh, you know there's overpasses and underpasses, and um, you know there's um, the the racetrack layout itself is is like you know a really you know technologically advanced racetrack. Right. Um. Uh, and it's not just you know there's a lot of go-kart tracks out there where you show up and you drive a go-kart and you get off and then you go do whatever it is else that you're going to do right right they're going to do some actual race in there and um you know there's going to be there's going to be a lot of different things that come from that um and i think that you know another guy that's kind of trend setting within the sport on the business side um this is a way that that people can do that and uh i'm really excited to see what tags can do with that 
Um, it definitely one of the, if not the nicest indoor go kart facilities in North America that they've built over there, and uh, I'm excited to check it out. Another way that a competitor, Canadian competitor, gives back, right? Absolutely. That's what he is doing. He is going to teach some young drivers. Uh, he's going to start them out young. He's going to maybe even take some middle-aged guys uh, with that karting facility and turn them into racers. Yes, 100%. And, you know, it's you walk a tightrope with, with go-karts. I think everybody that's listening has, has been to, you know, numerous go-kart facilities, right? Yeah. And they're either too slow or the track is too small, or ah. you know the the carts are too fast, right? Um, yeah. Like there's, it's it's funny. There's there's like a a bunch of different walks, and and you know if it, a, a true racer sits down and thinks about what the ideal go kart facility is for the general public, yep. Um, there's going to be multiple different options, um, and I'm I'm excited to hear from Tags on what his plans are and what their plans are as a as a company. Um, to to like on, on where to take it. Right. It's not just going to be a general purpose go kart facility. It's I imagine you know tags is is a trendsetter in the corporate world. What a better place to bring your corporate partners than to your own go kart facility and teach them you know the thrills of speed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's. Uh, Tagliani, you know, hats off. They're doing some really cool things, and and uh, I'm really looking forward to catching up with them as well. You know, look at the photos from um, the butcher shop. Oh man. man, they're building some some equipment over there. Oh, they they're, sure uh, are. Uh, they're doing some they're doing some nice work. They've always done nice work. The cars are all black. I seen that. There's not a whole lot of red in that shop right now. What maybe, the heck's going on? It, maybe they, just they, yet. They must be. Uh, they must be prepping for some uh, some vinyl. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I don't know what they're doing over there. Yeah. We're gonna have to talk to them though, because usually they're put together red, and then and then they're painted more red, and then there's more red added <laughs> on top of that. Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of black in that shop. Well, that's the thing. I know when uh, Gary Elliott ended up buying one of those '53 cars last year. Uh, it came to his shop. It was red, and he said, "No, no, it can't be red. We're Quaker State. It's got to be uh, the the typical green that Gary's always had." So back to the shop at Wendy. He said, "I love Gary." Said, "I love, just absolutely love the car." Yeah. Of course, that's why I bought it. But he said there was way, way too much red on it for me. So uh, he had to re-green it. And I know those guys helped him out with it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. You never know. They could be changing colors. I can't see that because I don't think Atlantic Tilt Lotus changed colors. No, but, you know, when you, I, I guarantee there's going to be a tremendous amount of red still. I, ah. I'm just poking fun at the amount of red that they go through. I swear they got a deal one day from, from Napa you know, yeah. or, or one of the, the paint suppliers. Uh, for red in bulk. That maybe maybe that supply ran out. That would be dead for Atlantic Tilt Load. That's we, uh, where that red would have come from. When I worked with Andrew Grizel in Street Stock, now right. this is back in the day. This is like 15 years ago. I was going back through photos, and probably 20 years ago now. Right. Um, we had a, um, well, we had three five-gallon pails of Chevy orange engine paint. Yeah. And that's what everything was painted was yeah. Chevy orange, Chevy orange. But uh, yeah, it, it's usually just for the engines. But uh, the chassis, the inside, the everything <laughs> was painted Chevy orange. Yeah. But uh, no, definitely, I'm looking forward to talking to, to Cole. And and uh, you know, it's interesting that they had a great fall season. 
um, down south. Yes. They, they got the opportunity to go down to the Snowball Derby. Um, really, you know, one of the only Canadians that have had the chance to go down and do some short track racing. Um, but uh, really interesting to uh, to hear what they've got planned for, for this year. Obviously, everybody's in the bubble, you know, out there. Um, so there's, there's a little bit of, you know, it, uh, there's a lot of unknowns when it right. comes time for, for COVID and, and what the schedules are all going to look like, but and they've always got a, a decent, you know, layout of what they've got coming down the pipe. Well, I seen the Scotia Speed World uh, schedule, seen that launched, uh, Riverside International Speedway, uh, talking to Joan, texting with Donald. Trying to get a feel for what's going to take place, and everybody is still in the same mode right now. Everyone is hopeful for the summer. Everybody is uh, anticipating the shots coming through a little quicker, and if they do, can they open it up and uh, what the situation will be as we move down the road. But I'll tell you what, we're all going to be prepared to get back to the racetrack. I can tell you that. Uh, Sobel Speedway up here. Uh, we're getting closer. We're getting closer to be, you know being ready to go. Uh, we will have that facility ready to rock by race one. And I know all the short tracks are uh, in the same mode. What was it? I seen a post today. Mike Schmidt said there was a motocross track that had opened up. Um, it was uh, there was some question there. It was open up because it was practice. It wasn't actually racing, using the same model as snowcross as opposed to motocross. Um, but Merrittville was either scheduled to practice tomorrow or was scheduled to practice today but couldn't. I don't know. Yeah, so when you... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to... And, and Mark Rinaldi would be the guy I, to talk to about this. But I we had... Reached, I reached out to so, Mark yeah, was, to try and get him on, but uh, he hasn't responded just yet. No. So maybe next week we'll have him on for Yeah, so, so I... Uh, offline, of course, you know, we, we obviously talked about racing to a lot of people. Oh yeah. It was it was surprising to me and and from the outside looking in and I don't know if this is the way that it's going to to go, but you and I have had this conversation. Um, you know, originally <laughs> when when the pandemic hit last year, yeah. you know, hit hit the rewind button, go back to March 2020. Um, motorsports was not on the radar. At all. No. Nope. Zero, zero percent on the radar with the provincial government, with the federal government. They didn't really even know motorsports existed. Right. 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 Um, maybe the local MPs did or MPPs did. But the, you know, to, to the general public um, it, on the political side, it, it, there was no involvement. Um, fast forward. They they create an association, right? There's 30 tracks, 32 tracks um, signed on to this association. Right. Um, a bunch of, uh, you know, positive headway. Uh, last year, they, they allowed some different things where you could have, like, a bubble of 100 people at the racetrack, those types of things through the pandemic course, right? Right. Now, fast forward to this year. Motorsports is fully on the radar, and the most recent lockdown, it states right in the lockdown, uh, reading it, you know, on the official release from the provincial government of Ontario. Now, we're only talking Ontario here. Right. right. Um, but but in the provincial, you know, letter of the law, quote unquote, um, it states motorsports must remain closed. So it's it's funny that being on the radar 
I hope that it turns into a mega positive down the road, but I think that right now it's kind of going to bite the tracks for the month of April and into the month of May because of that 28-day period where it mandates that everything is closed for 28 days. Right. And, you know, the testing portion last year wasn't on the radar at all, and you were totally allowed to, within your rights, to have a test, right? One team, right. five people um, could come to the racetrack and do their test. They were the only ones in they the were, pits. And, and, but technically, if you read it, you're not allowed to do that right now um, under the mandate because the, the facility must remain closed, um, which is an even larger detrimental you know, motion towards the, the tracks themselves. So, I would say, yeah. Um, you know, that is something you're on the radar now. Um, I watched a really interesting, um, you know, news story on Soccer Canada. Soccer Canada went to bat. Um, obviously, soccer and motorsports are very different entities. Um, but soccer, uh, the Association for Soccer in Canada, partnered up with the Ultimate Frisbee League and a bunch of other, you know, local regional sports. Right. Um, and um, they did... Uh, an impact study on uh, COVID and their activities last summer. And there was only four people that were, you know, tested positive for COVID that had interacted in the, in the space of soccer, Canada, ultimate Frisbee, and like uh, the handful of other sports. Uh, baseball was involved in that study right. as well. Um, and, you know, that is something where soccer is open right now. So they are that's part of that association thing where the follow through of being on that radar. Yes, it's a positive, but you need to follow through. Um, I'm not saying that Mark and the the association is not. They're digging. They're digging. They're digging for sure. Um, But, uh, you know, just the lay of the land of of where everything's at. um, That is why Merrittville was not allowed to open. There was not allowed to be, you know, an official practice day um, because the, um, you know, it it, it lists right in it. Motorsports facilities must remain closed. Well, we will find out. And I know we will have Mark Rinaldi on this very program to give us all an update. Uh, We'll try and grab him again next week. But you know what we're going to do, Jenny? We're going to hit our first break. And when we come back, Trevor Siebert from out there in uh, BC is going to join us on the show as long as, as long as everything works. I believe it does, but we're going to find out truly live on the air with you next, right here on Race Time. Stay with us. From coast to coast, coast. you're listening to Canada Talks. Tonight's Race Time Radio is fired up by QuickWick Fire Starters. Available online at quickwick.com. That's quickwick, Q-W-I-C-K-W-I-C-K.com. Rev TV is Canada's own motorsports network, featuring live races and rallies from around the world and right here at home. Rev TV is your destination for motorsports action 24-7. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, 
you can count on Napa know-how. Winter is on the way. Cold temperatures mean we light fires to warm up or cook on, sometimes even to survive. Quick, quick fire starters are a must in your kit, in your sled, ATV, or vehicle. Quick, quick just may save your life if you get stranded this winter. Enjoy the winter. We're Canadian. And so is Quick Quick. They're available online. Go to quickwick.com. Quick Quick Fire Starters. They work. Alexa, play NASCAR radio on Sirius XM. Sirius XM NASCAR radio from Sirius XM. Start your engine! Gain access to NASCAR's biggest name. Martin Truex Jr. Kyle Busch. Chase Elliott. Hear live coverage of every single race. They're side by side for the win. Oh! It's unfiltered 24-7 NASCAR. Welcome to Victory Lane. We've got breaking news. Let's go to the hotline. This is Sirius XM NASCAR radio channel 90. Listen on the app or at home on devices equipped with Amazon Alexa. Learn more at SiriusXM.com slash NASCAR. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. If you're a Springsteen fan, you just found the promised land. Hear rare interviews and performances. Live concerts. Is there anybody alive? Celebrity guest DJs. This is Rob Lowe. Hey, baby, it's little Steven here. And more exclusives when listening to Bruce Springsteen's channel. Welcome, Bruce Springsteen, to E Street Radio, your home away from home. Great to meet you. E Street Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 20. Race time radio to go. Streaming live or on demand. And we are back with you live tonight on Race Time Radio. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Junior, here we go. Here comes the adventure. I'm going to try and bring... We, I'm going to try and bring Trevor up on the hotline if I can. Trevor, have we got you? You do so. And, hey. And you've got us. There we go. A you little can't, bit of feedback on you us. You can't get no better than that, right? We got... Uh, you're the first guest in the new studio, Uh Mr. Siebert, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Oh, Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great to have you, Trev. Uh, how are things going out there in BC? Man, you can't get any busier, can you? No, I, I think I, I... Yeah, we do have a little bit of feedback. Now, some of these days, I wonder if I should be going into the racetrack or going to see my shrink. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other, right? Yeah, you got that right. But pretty excited about what we got going on in, in any event. So no use, uh, no use sitting around, right? Might as well just keep pushing forward. That's the stuff, Trev. Uh, you've got uh, Avion Motorsports, uh, the RS1 series, and how about it, Penticton Speedway? What were you thinking, man? You're really uh, stacking it all up. Well, that's for sure. Like I say, some days I, I wonder what the heck I chewed off there, but um, I really am very excited about it. You know. Um, you know, being part of Area 27 and having that experience to design and build that racetrack and, and see what it's done and and see how much it's done for motorsports in Western Canada and then having this opportunity to uh, to become the, the owner of, uh, along with my cousin Ingo, become the owner of, uh, of Penticton Speedway is is uh, is just excellent. You know, I'm like, I can't say enough about how excited we are about it and our plans for the future. You know, Trev, uh, I, I haven't been real familiar with Penticton Speedway. Hadn't been out there, hadn't witnessed it. Uh, but, you know, uh, what, two weeks ago, love watching Russ Brothers on, 
on television. <laughs> I've been following along. I love that show. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, I'm watching it. And uh, uh, they're going to show Mike and Avery how to drive a little bit. Uh, JP's going to do it. He pulls the super modified out. Where do they show up at Penticton Speedway? I went, oh, my God, this is the same track. These guys run there. Uh, they were going to do some stuff. I thought, man, what what a fit to fall right into this interview. Uh, do you, by chance, watch Russ Brothers? You probably know those guys. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I do know those guys. Uh, you know, uh, J.F. Lanier there, who's... Uh who's a big part of Area 27, one of our members, and he, and he actually looks after um, the GTU class, we call it there, at Area 27. They've got, I think they got close to 40 cars there now. It's our um, most economical, I guess you would say, um, level of racing that they started up, and they're doing excellent. He's one of the, the big supporters. He looks after a lot of the cars. There's, uh, there's two or three guys that kind of look after, uh, you know, a bunch of cars each type of thing, and he's one of them, and, and so... You know, uh, I know him very well, and uh, I haven't been, you know, I wasn't following the show until, you know, he was telling me about it and, and sent me a link to it and said, you got to watch this, so now I'm kind of captivated by it. And, of course, they're up at the track that we just purchased and and uh, watching what they uh, what they filmed up there and um, having a good chuckle anyway. So, uh, you know, it's good. You know, uh, the track is, uh, is going to see uh, an amazing amount of improvements. I'm sure we saw it on the show. The track's been there since 1969. And, um, uh, you know, the, the last owners did a really good job there making it part of the community, and, and we're just going to take it and, and move it forward and, and give it a lot of loving. You know, I remember having Riley on this very program lots of times, your son, uh, driving his late model. I remember him talking about Goldpan Speedway, Penticton, uh, Williams Lake, all the different tracks that he was running at. And Penticton was one of those tracks. It looks like it's got a lot of character. Are you going to be taking the pavement out, changing it up? What are the plans for Penticton? So it has a lot of character. Uh, That's the best way of putting it. You know, um, they had a, they had a, uh, a lot of stuff stored on the property, if you will. Um, so all that is leaving as we speak. I just got back into Penticton myself here today. Took the weekend, uh, ran to Vancouver, and so we just got up there. And the guys are feverishly uh, taking stuff off the property and cleaning it right up for us. In the meantime, I've been up there for a couple of weeks. I tore the wall out from um, turn three all the way around, back around to turn to turn two. I guess more or less, I'm just leaving the back straightaway and a little bit of the wall in turn two. Um, so I'm redesigning the wall. The wall, the wall was original. And it's been broken many times. It needed to come down, the catch fencing, all that stuff. We took the tower down, took all the bleachers out. Um, <coughs> excuse ah. me, they're all gone. So what I'm doing is I'm redesigning it. Um, I'm not taking all the asphalt out, but I'm taking enough out that I'm, I'm redesigning turn three and four. Uh, it, the track right now is, is basically a, a single-lane track, if you will, just because of the way it drives. So I'm putting progressive banking in three and four to promote you know, two and three wide racing out there. I'm moving the wall out three and a half meters uh, on average, so I'll give another lane out there. And the way the wall was configured before, you'd come around three and four on a nice radius, and then all of a sudden the, the, the straightaway went dead straight and it didn't match into the radius property. So lots of cars having wrecks there, lots of cars squeezing other cars off. So we're just my focus is to make it a, a two-lane, a minimum of a two-lane track so we can get some real side-by-side racing going. 
Trevor, uh, I've seen my parents uh, at Sauble Speedway with with paintbrushes and and with you know cleaning supplies and all that great stuff, and they go down the the rabbit hole of of we need to make everything perfect, right? I can only yeah. imagine my my parents with an excavator. How do you keep yourself in check when you're when you're taking everything apart? How do you keep yourself in check um, in 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 making these changes to the facility? Um, you know, I, I imagine it would be it would be pretty easy to get off course and, and start ripping and tearing and and get to a point where it becomes difficult to put back together. Well, so that's a very excellent question. I'll tell you how this works. My my cousin and I, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Ingo uh, Siebert. He's uh, my first cousin and uh we work in, in inside uh my other businesses on a daily basis and we got him into a race car a few years back into one of the rs1s completely green never having driven a race car in his life so you know that's that's another little sidebar you know discussion about getting getting new people into the sport so him and i decided to buy this thing as partners and um I guess the best way to answer your question is I, I'm the I'm the idea guy and the uh, the uh, the guy that runs the machine and has and has a vision of what the traction looks like. He's the numbers guy that comes along and says, "Okay, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, like you, you know, uh, what, what's our budget for replacing that wall? Oh, I'm getting to it. You, know, you told me that last week. Meanwhile, the wall's already missing, right? So, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, so it's it's a very complimentary uh, partnership. We've we've been doing business together for uh, you know at least fifteen years now, and and so and that's kind of the way I run my daily business. Where, you know, uh, we kind of keep each other in check. I tell him what I think is possible from a construction standpoint. He tells me what's possible from the bank account, and uh, and and uh, so we we kind of keep each other in check. Because you're absolutely right. I think it's a lot like renovating a house. First thing you're going to do is put a new island in the kitchen before long the whole bedroom store apart. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, and and you got to be careful. Um, you know, our focus though is it, it, you have to do a bare minimum. Uh, you know, at, at the least to get it to a point where it is a a notable speedway where you can hold high level events on. So, you know, the walls are going to be new. A, a fair bit of the asphalt is going to be new. We went to Vernon, who you know, as you know, unfortunately had to shut down a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So we went and bought their bleachers, um, their grandstands. We bought all of their lighting. We bought all their sound system. All of our catch fencing, so we're repurposing a bunch of that, which of course helps the budget and was in great shape still. Absolutely. So, uh, Vernon to this track's about an hour and a half away, so it's uh, you know it's easy to import that stuff over, and um, and make some serious improvements there. Um, so, and I, you know, I appreciate you guys don't know anything about you know particular speedway, but the property itself it sits on 25 acres and it has a ton of elevation change. And now that's great when you're talking about road courses, but on an oval, if you can imagine, I'm moving a lot of the grandstand stuff to turn three and four because I've got I've got 15 meters of elevation behind the wall that I can work with, so I can I can perch the grandstands up nice and high, so you can see have a have a great view of the track. And I'm a big believer of putting grandstands in the corners. Now you kind of get to see the you know the play develop just like you do in a hockey rink, coming and going from you instead of missing something. You look at oh, turn yeah. one, you miss what happened in turn four scenario. So it's a bit of a different design. I, I I know they did a lot of this stuff now in the U.S. Like if you look at Phoenix, they took their front straightaway stuff out, moved it in the corner. So you know we're looking at some of that stuff. That's the way I've designed what I'm doing. So pretty excited about what it's going to look like when we're done. That's really cool. We're with Trevor Siebert tonight. He is one of the new owners of Penticton Speedway out in B.C. 
uh, doing a lot of work, doing a lot of renovations, and uh, we're just talking to him. we got lots of talking points tonight with this guy. We're not going to let Trevor off your easy. We're going to keep him with us for a while. Uh, Trev, uh, when do you anticipate... Now, let's say COVID is out of here. When do you anticipate the green flag coming out at Penticton Speedway? And what classes are you sort of thinking in the back of your mind are going to be like, is it going to be a regular track? Is it going to run every Saturday night type stuff? It is. So, you know, the, the one thing that, that we, we made sure of, and I'm a big believer in this, and, of course, that's the first thing that I read on, on all the comments on Facebook, is everybody's worried about the grassroots stuff going away, and it absolutely is not going away. If you don't have grassroots, you don't have anything. You got to start people somewhere, and you got to have affordable racing for those groups. And you know, it's a big fan base that follows that. So we're going to have, we're going to continue to have Hornets, the Street Stocks, the Late Models, and then of course we're going to run the RS ones there a number of times. We got the Avion uh, Sprint Car Series that's going to run there, and um, you know, we're certainly looking at some uh, some big uh, dollar cash uh, late model style races um, that we might do once or twice a year as well. Um, so, yeah, and you know, what was the other question? Oh, you asked me when, we're, when <laughs> the green flag is. Well, so just to challenge ourselves, because we don't really work well unless we're under pressure. So we're going to have our first practice night at the end of May, and we're going to hold our first race on June 5th, um, with or without fans. So right. that's a real tall order when you consider it. i got to build a wall, put catch fence up, and, and put grandstands in and everything between now and then. Well, grandstands I might not need with COVID, but... Um, right. We we pushed most of our major, what we call our major events off, till later in July and August uh, and into September, hoping that, you know, that the country gets a lot of this COVID stuff cleaned up so we can get to it. Um, now, whether that happens or not, who knows? We just knew that we couldn't schedule anything in, you know, in, in May and June, and that's why we elected to start our construction. Now we talked about doing it at the end of this season, and I thought, you know what, why don't we just get at it and get going? So... We agreed that was the way to go, you know, why waste time? And, and frankly speaking, with COVID, without having fans that you have to put in grandstands and having concessions and washroom buildings and all kinds of other things, um, it kind of afforded us an opportunity to do a bunch of construction when we didn't have to facilitate having fans. I bet. Yeah, it would. It would, too. So it give you a little, bit of, a little bit of breathing space there. How many man crew is it going to take to uh, put the track back together after you went out there and went crazy with that excavator? It's just him. Well, just Trevor. <laughs> just Trevor and, and a dump truck. Yeah, well, I tell you, it, it's been a bit like that. So uh, so Ingo's usually in the office uh, running, running a, a good part of the business. So we, we bought him a set of work boots and gloves and brought him out and... Uh, and so he's been out there. My son Riley, of course, is instrumental in my business anyway. So he's been out doing uh, a bunch of the construction work, doing all the survey stuff. Um, and then we've got a, a couple of people that are really eager that are part of our Avion uh, group, some of the new drivers. They've been out actually doing a lot of volunteer work, so that's, that's excellent. Um, but that's tearing it apart, right? Tearing it apart is the easy part, and things look like they change in a big hurry, which they did. But you're right, putting it back together is, is a lot harder than tearing it apart. So... Um, you know, we're probably going to have 20, 25 people working there at any given time going forward to try and, try and make this happen when you, when you count up all the bodies because we still have to run, uh, you know, the speedway as far as all the uh, logistics to, to make things happen for the rest of the year. Uh, we still have to run Avion Motorsports. Al Liebert is still back east working on uh, finishing up nine RS1s uh, to, to get them out here. So it's a very, very tall order and it takes a lot of people. Um, relying on a lot of 
a lot of volunteer help to help us along as well. And, you know, the interesting thing about the volunteers, we never asked anybody. You know, they just show up, which tells you something. People are so eager to see to see things happen and, and, and help you make it happen that they just they just come out. They literally got their work gloves in their hand when they hop out of their vehicle and say, what can we do? I want to help. That's exciting. I've had multiple racers say, hey, I can run an excavator. I can run a skid steer. I can do this. I can pound nails. Like, I, I want to be it. I get... I get messages where they say, hey, I, I, I see you're at the track today. You never, you never took me up on my volunteer work. I want to come and help, you know. So I think it's super cool. It, it tells me that there's an appetite out there for revitalizing motorsports in Western Canada, and, and that tells me everything I need to know. Absolutely. Trevor, uh, talking, uh, you know, about the nine new RS1s being built, um, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk uh, talk about the RS1 series. Um, wh- where are you guys standing at? Of course, we had you on the program probably 13 months ago talking about that very thing, uh, talking about RS1 and talking about the business model. You know, you guys have taken a very unique approach to motorsports, and I think that you guys are going to bring that same that same level of, of change to, to oval racing. Um, but... L- where do you guys stand with the RS1 series? Uh, where is it headed, and uh, where are we sitting right now? Well, I think when we spoke before, um, and you're right, it's been a little bit. I, I, I believe we had somewhere between 11 and 13 cars. You know, we were, we were, we were still trying to get out of the gate and get over that hump. In the last 12 months, uh, things have just exploded. Um, we've got 22 cars now that are guaranteed. I mean, we're the ones building them, so we know they're going to be full. Uh, you know, I mean, frankly, I, I would be building a few more if we had the capacity. I, I'm, I'm actually having to hold people off at this point. So I just, I just simply can't build your car, um, you know, yet. Uh, so that, that's taken right off. The, the business model that we have with our cost structure, um, you know, the, uh, the fact that people don't have to have their own pit crew, they don't have to have their own hauler, their truck, or any of that kind of stuff, just arrive and drive. Uh, they own their car, most of them. Uh, some of them are rental rides, but, but that business model, people are looking into that now and they just think this is something else. Uh, you know, uh, whether he wanted me to say it or not, I'll just say it now, but Kevin Dollar came and, and bought a couple of cars from us now. Oh, good. Um, so, you know, he's got, you know, himself. Maybe he'll do some racing. I'm not sure there. I keep goading him a bit, but he's certainly <laughs> looking at his three boys. I understand there's a, there's a girl in the mix, uh, one of the girlfriends of one of the, one of the boys who's done some racing and wants to come out. So there's, there's four young people right there alone that makes it affordable because we have the two classes where we have the, the challenge class, which he's, a couple of his boys haven't raced at, at the kind of level like, let's say, Noel has. Uh, so they'll run the challenge class and then hand the car over for the other class to run the cup. Um, so it's made it very affordable. I mean, he phoned me up and said, Trev, because like, I sent him a budget, he said, how, do you, how are you doing this? I just don't understand. How are you able to do what you're doing at the prices that you put out there? And I said, well, it, it's in my formula, and it, it, it's completely different. It just blew him away. He said, i got to be part of this. You're changing motorsports. Absolutely. And i got to be part of it. And, uh, and so I'm getting multiple car uh, calls from seasoned racers and stuff that are looking at this thing, and, and they're saying, yeah, you know, I like it. I see what you're doing. I, you know, I explain it to them. I explain it to them how I'm doing it and where we save so much money. Um, and and they're just coming on board. 
Absolutely. And, and very exciting as well. And when you look at it um, and you, you look at the grand, the grand scheme of motorsports, um, it, two people that are, are really jumping out there are both on the West Coast. Um, and, you know, I look at uh, and I draw a lot of similarities between what you guys are doing on the RS1 side to what Bill McAnally is doing with his academy. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover where it's it's about amalgamating the, the cost. Right. It, it doesn't make sense for every single race team to need, you know, half a million dollars or, or three hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of of parts and pieces and tools uh, just to get to the racetrack. Um, amalgamating all of that and putting that's that's the bulk of the cost to get there um, it, it is is something that is really exciting. And have you have you looked at, at, at much of the academy that that McAnally has got set up, you know, on the, on the U.S. side of the border? Um, have you guys because I, I draw a lot of similarities between the two programs. Obviously, there's differences as well, um, uh, because on, on one side, it's it's, you know, a, a, a hobby, right, with the RS1. Uh, and, and there's more of a developmental you know, aspect to, to the academy, but I draw a lot of similarities to the business models on both sides, and, and I, I wonder if, if you guys have had the chance to talk or, or if there's any connection there between the two. Well, no, actually I haven't talked to Bill about that, and I haven't followed it that close, but I do, I know exactly what you're talking about. I looked at what Tony Stewart's doing now and Absolutely. stuff, and like to think we're three or four years ahead of him. I don't know, maybe they were thinking of it then, but anyways, that's just a... It's just a point, and, uh, you know, as far as the hobby part goes, you know, it's certainly a hobby for, for a lot of the challenge drivers or all of the challenge drivers and a lot of the cup drivers, but we're we're fielding call, calls now from a lot of people that, um, that have raced or at the professional level, and yep. we're getting a lot of um, uh, inquiries, I guess, if you will, from a lot of the younger drivers that aspire to go somewhere and they're looking at the cost of this and they've got maybe they got some family money maybe they got limited sponsorship money but they're looking at what they can do here the only thing holding us back right now is is covid in the border to be very honest with you like we've had so many people say look i'd be there in a heartbeat if i could get across the border with what's going on um so you know our our intent is that is that it'll you know become um I don't know if you call it professional. No one's ever going to make any money doing this. But frankly, they're not making any money in, in most of these series until you get to cup anyway. That's right. Um, you know, professional. You, you know, you got to look at what that word means. Uh, running it from a professional from our side, we're full blown business, and you know, we've invested many, many millions of dollars in our program and in our racetracks and what we're doing. So, um, you know, from that side of things, the, the hobby thing certainly goes out from the driver's perspective. Um, you run it like a professional series. You, you, you uh, officiate it like one. Whether they want to consider themselves a professional driver or not, that's completely up to them, right? Because I could argue all day long about different series all over North America that that do and have different nuances when it comes to whether it's a hobby or whether it's a professional thing. But our, our intent is that at some point, anyway, that we would have a lot of these younger drivers that are blowing their brains out when it comes to dollars, mm-hmm. be able to come and run a full season with us and use us as a measuring stick, and, and sure, move on and see, and see where they get to. But, you know, not have to have the family mortgage of the house to do it. <laughs> exactly. And I refer to a lot of guys like this, uh, Trevor, as... Uh, short track professionals, because that's what these guys are. These late model drivers, you know, pro late, 
Uh, well, right up into the NASCAR Penny Series. They are true short track professionals. Uh, uh, the definition of a professional is if you get paid to do something, these guys get paid never enough. They always say never enough. And uh, let's face it, it's never enough because they keep spending more. And that's the way uh, racing's always been. Uh, that's the way it's always going to be. But I'll tell you, you've got a pretty cool model happening. And I can only imagine where this is all going to lead to uh, when you get on the track, when, uh, you know, when, when this pandemic is over and you guys are really, truly able to put the f- uh, your foot to the floor in those cars. Uh, uh, gotta love what you're doing, man. Uh, you're doing a dynamite job. And I know we look forward to uh, getting you on this program a whole pile. I got one question for you, and I've, I've got to apologize to listeners out there. Uh, this is a new studio. Uh, Trev, you know, last week we had you geared up. We were going to have you on. And uh, things weren't right. And definitely things still aren't right. We got this one line going tonight. Uh, the other one is working, but not in the studio. We did have a caller out there in BC. He's got a question for you. Got to ask it to you. Uh, will there be a drifter class? Right now, we've got a lot of feedback from the drifters um, where they are <clears throat> up in arms, if you will, about that we, we didn't add them to the schedule. And we're looking at it, and we've always looked at it. Sure. We've, we've never... All we did was leave them off the schedule because, frankly, the way we're going to configure the oval doesn't really lend itself to drifting anymore, right. um, unfortunately. Um, uh, we're not out here to kill people's motorsports, and I've heard all kinds of stuff and lots of backlash, and I get it, right? They're running out of places to run themselves, just like a lot of these places are. we got we got Western Speedway that might only be there for another couple of years. Who knows what's going to happen with it? You know, all the tracks that have shut down around, you know, or, or right across the right across Canada. So, sure. You know, if we can if we can find a way to make a couple things have to happen. First of all, it's got to be economically viable. You know, unfortunately, right? Sure. You know, um, it's like any other class. It has to make sense. We have to be able to sell it. Um, there has to be a fan base, and there has to be a um, there has to be a uh, a call for it, you know a, a popularity. I know it's a very very popular thing to do, and it's growing astoundingly. And I, you know, I want the drifters to know we're not against drifting. I mean, they've got a, a bit of a tune, but they're they're feeling pretty pretty roughed up that they've been left out to date. But uh, I, I would say this: if if the drifters came to us with a professional um, um, approach and, and said, "Look, this is what we think we can do. This is how we would do it. This is how we'd be part of what you're doing," um, we'd absolutely sit down and talk to them about that. Um, so I think that's the way it has to go. Uh, and you know what, that uh, Trev, you nailed it on the head. I know from being in your seat as a track owner, uh, with, with you know different divisions that really, um, you know, maybe didn't get in line at Sobel Speedway. Uh, but you know, it's all about the business model. It's all about uh, you know, there's power in numbers, and there's the right approach and there's the wrong approach. Let's hope that everybody takes the right approach because if they cannot see the positive in what you're offering and what you and your partnership are offering to not only the Speedway, but its patrons, uh, its team base, it's all of that. Um, you know what? they they got to see the light. And if they don't see the light, uh, there's a reason why Penticton Speedway sold to you guys, right? Uh, yes. It wasn't successful, or it wasn't nearly as successful as it could be and what it's going to be. So people got to look at the positive, and they should be uh, – jumping in there with the positive and showing 
really what, uh, what what the positives are for the Speedway and the fans. If they can connect all those dots, that's what good classes are all about, and that's what it takes to be successful. The pressure's on not only the ownership to create a facility, but how about the race space? They've got a little bit in this uh, too, right? they got to be successful. Think- and uh, if you can connect those dots, guess what? The fans love it. Well, a couple things. You have to be economically viable or you just simply go away. Yep. And I'm a firm believer, and I may have told you guys this last time on the show, and I'll say it, and I say it to all my drivers when I sit down and I have a driver meeting. The one thing I, first thing I do is I point to the grandstand and say, look, let's not forget one thing here. My speech usually talks about how much ego that, that race car drivers have. And I put myself at the top of the ego list. Okay. And I say, but at the end of the day, if you guys want to, have fans in there and you want to have sponsors you don't have sponsors the sponsors without fans and you don't have uh, fans without a good quality show so we need to quit sticking our chest out and thinking that the show is all about the drivers because it's not okay the show is about putting on entertainment for the people who paid you to come and watch so if you put on a really poor movie and the reviews are bad they're going to tell their friends and their friends are going to stay away yep if they say you got to go see that new movie that's out it's unbelievable i'm going to go see it for a second time Okay, that's the, that's the mentality you have to have, and that's upon all of us to put on a good show as drivers and as teams that we have. We put, you know, we have nice cars. You know, they'll be expensive cars, but put on the best show you can, right? And and so that there's value because it's really value that we're talking about. You charge somebody twenty bucks, you charge them one hundred twenty bucks. I don't care what it is; it better be worth the ticket price, or they're not coming back. Trevor, so so well said, my friend. Uh, and you know what? You do. Uh, if you do have an ego, I haven't seen it because uh, I've known the Trevor Siebert that is a very gracious guy. You've never spotted against him. Done I've a seen, dynamite. I've oh. seen the ego. I've seen <laughs> the ego on the track from both you Sieberts, and I yeah. love it. Yeah. But listen, <laughs> listen. What I was getting. I know. At, I'm just kidding. What I was getting at was he has earned the right. Because uh, he started out on the short tracks, and uh, look where Trevor ended up. 100%. Yeah. Man, I'll yeah, tell you what. It, 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 it's an interesting thing. It's a bit full circle. Um, you know, I raced in, in, in Ticton back in the mid to late 80s, it was. And, you know, just uh, it's not no young guy. I really thought I knew something. And, uh, and you know, I went a long way since then, and I've come all the way back to Penticton. I was standing up there looking at this racetrack when I was here by myself the other day, and I thought, what a cool circle that is to come back here and and be able to 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 bring something back here and and do what I can for the sport. And it's not about being uh, putting out the cliche line or anything like that. I truly want to take my shot at trying to revitalize what's going on in you know in particular in racing and in Western Canada to because uh, I, I it's important to me. I enjoy it more than anything else, um, and it's a challenge. And I've always liked the challenge. I'm getting to those kind of years where you know, it's hard for me to keep up to the young guys anymore. So something else I can do is try a new challenge and, and see if I can put on events that, that attract uh, a whole bunch of people again. Well, if there's absolutely anything we can do at Race Time Radio to help you in your efforts, Trevor, uh, we are solidly behind you. Uh, we are solidly behind you as a country as well. Um, BC is in uh, better shape today with uh, you guys out there pushing and making things better. Uh, we look forward to uh, to seeing everything that can unfold. And uh, we got to thank you for your time. I know we've I've still got a million questions for you, but we'll have to save them for another day. Well, I tell you what, you guys can get a hold of me anytime you want. I really enjoy talking to the two of you. You're, you're, 
you're very ingrained in the Canadian motorsports scene. You know your way around. You know everybody that's in it, and you, and you ask some pretty pertinent questions. And when it comes to a challenge, you ask a lot of questions that are a bit of a challenge to us to think about, you know, to stimulate our thoughts and, and bring some things up. And I think it's great. So the more we talk about this, the, the better we all do. So my phone's uh, available anytime you guys want to have further discussions and hit me with some more questions. Uh, we can't wait to get you back on for some updates on Penticton. We didn't even talk Area 27. We only touched on RS1. <laughs> Man, we got so much to uh, discuss in the days to come. And do me a favor. Next time you're talking to JP, PJ, JP, JP, uh, with the Super Modified, you tell him we got to get him on Race Time Radio because now I know him. I watch him on television, uh, and Avery and Mike, uh, they got to watch out because when we come out, we're coming to their shop. You have you have to do that, and it's JF, and I don't know if you know this about him, but he built a, a car that won the uh, the Riddler Award. Um, I, where do they have that? The yeah. Show, I think, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's I've seen pretty, it. That's a pretty big deal coming from a little town in B.C. And uh, and the interesting thing about that car, just a short blurb about it, uh, he was offered many, many, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars for that car, and he turned it down. He drives it around the street. He comes into donuts with it at the track. Yeah. You talk about a car guy. They don't get any better than that. But someone offers them a, a pile of money, he says, no, I built this car to drive it. I won this award. I'm not putting it in a showroom somewhere. I'm going to drive it up and down the street and do burnouts with it. And he's definitely a car guy. you got to have him on your show, and I'll tell him you want him on there. Absolutely. And I apologize, J.F., I apologize uh, for getting your name wrong. Uh, but it was two letters, and I got dyslexia sometimes. So uh, it pops out every now and then. And just a little sidebar on that, I watched the episode where he was going for that Riddler Award, and uh, he had it all set up. They thought they were going to do really good. I know Mike and Avery sort of kicked in a little bit to help that effort out. Uh, They're down in Vegas uh, or wherever that was, and the judges sort of passed on by, and they went to another car, and he thought, ah, damn, I didn't get anything. And then the judges came back and said, oh, we forgot to tell you, here's your award. So it was kind of a cool (laughs) episode. I urge everybody, get to Rust Brothers and go back and watch some of the previous episodes, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Well, it, it is pretty funny. I, I like I say, I got hooked on the show. I'm watching, like, well, who are these guys, right? And I started watching. And I can't shut it off. So it's uh, it's good things are happening out here. That Thursday nights at seven, I think it is seven or nine, one of the two. I don't miss it. But uh, I got to thank you, Trevor Siebert, again, uh, and congratulations on Penticton Speedway. And uh, get used to it, man. You're going to be on here lots because I know we're going to have lots of questions. And when you get updates, uh, I know we'll be getting them here on race time, and we will definitely pass them on to the rest of Canada, coast to coast, my friend. That's great. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Talk soon. You betcha. That's Trevor Seabird out in Penticton Speedway. Hit a quick break. We will be back. Coast to coast, coast. you're listening to Canada Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is fueled by BP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Dawson Dental Centers, get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. Is it your job to light the fire, the campfire, or maybe... 
You're like me, and you heat your home with wood. You need to use a quick wit. These fire starters work. No paper or kindling. And presto, your fire is going every time. No toxic fumes, just warm, enjoyable flames. You can get them online. Go to quickwick.com. Quickwick. They work. From two wheels to four and so much more, Rev TV also features exclusive live race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and so much more. Rev TV offers you the best seat in the house to feel the rush. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. Men, 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 morning men. Hi, I'm Evan Cohen. And I'm Mike Babchuk. We were given 30 seconds to describe our show, Morning Men, on Mad Dog Sports Radio. So I'll ask you some questions, and you give me the answers. What do we do for fun? You go to the diner with your family. Me? I drink and forget I have a family. Biggest crush? You? Tom Brady. Me? Anyone in yoga pants. What do we want to do more of? You? Talk about what happened the night before in the world of sports. Me? I would like to do more of my wife. (laughs) I think we just ran out of time. Morning Men, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM 82, and the Sirius XM app. Time Radio. Only on Sirius XM 167. We get you closer. If you're looking for miles per gallon, you're definitely at the wrong place. Maybe a few channels up or a few channels down, you'll find it. But this is Race Time Radio. I think I like it too. Back with you live tonight here on Race Time Radio. So glad you could tune in tonight. We are going to go back to the hotline. How about this? From the east, or pardon me, from the west coast, all the way out to Canada's east coast. Let's bring in the driver that number fifty-four in the parts for trucks maritime pro stock tour. Of course, I'm talking about Cole Butcher. What's going on tonight, there, Mister Butcher? How are you? Fifty-three. 53. What did I say? 54? 54. Oh, his brother. Oh, oh, oh Jared is going to get the... Uh, who are we talking to? Jared or Cole? Which one? Uh, it doesn't sound like we got either one. We don't got arms are too short. We don't got either one of them. There. Now we got them. Did you hear that, Cole? I heard it. Yeah, yeah the driver of the number 54. We got uh, we got Jared Butcher on the hotline. How are you? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> it's actually Cole. I, I got know. The two numbers I know. Backwards. I, I'm just messing with I you. I know. Shoot me. Shoot me. Why is there Why is there a black car in your shop? First off, uh, all of our cars are black, and we get wrapped whatever color they get wrapped that year. So my car will get wrapped red, and Jared's car will be red and black. Gotcha. Ah. So, I didn't realize that. I see. I, I thought you guys got like a bulk deal on the red paint, and everything yeah. was painted. No, everything's wrapped. Everything's wrapped these days. Are the cars going to look the same, or uh, the '54 and the '53 going to look the same in 2021? Uh, yep. 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 I like it. All red. Everything red on the '53. Everything red on the '53. '53 and everything 
Uh, I think it's black, red, and white on the 54. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful looking stuff. So you guys have got to be just chomping at the bit. Uh, Have you got, you you obviously haven't even been on a racetrack yet, and it's April. No, that's right. Yeah, I'd be getting ready to go to Oxford in a couple weeks if we were allowed. So uh, my car is going to be wrapped on Tuesday, and uh, Jared's car probably starts the body on it towards the end of this week. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, everything else, uh, motor-wise, transmission, all that kind of stuff, is that all taken care of now, Cole? Is it just going to be uh, wrap them up, uh, deckle them up, and we're good to go? Yeah, we put Jared's motor in this afternoon. Uh, my motor's already in. and need to put some water in the radiator, and it'll be good. So once probably the end of next week or end of this week, I'll probably just have to set it up whenever I do that. So... We're moving along pretty good. That's good. That, and that's what you want to do, right? You guys have always been busy in that shop. Preparations probably all go back to when the snow was flying, right? You guys didn't start just like a couple of weeks ago. No, no, that's right. I started pretty well. After Shediac, uh, what was that, October, I think Thanksgiving weekend. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, we've been... Working a couple nights a week, and then we always work Saturday morning. So, uh, no, we make good progress. Yeah, good deal. Uh, what do we got changing now? What kind of chassis are you going to be in this year? Is everything going to be somewhat similar to what you had underneath you in 2020 or 2019? Yeah, everything's the same. We run distance chassis down here. And then I have my rowdy car in North Carolina right now that I probably won't see for a while. So, uh, Jared has a new distance car this year, and I have the one I ran for the last couple years so uh no uh they work good for us and uh chef taylor always gives us good race cars so why change <laughs> exactly Absolutely. exactly yeah. cool looking at uh at the the season that that you know was last year and obviously uh you guys got out uh, as much as you could um there was there was you know at the beginning of the year it it didn't look like to any of us that we were going to get any racing in. And, and, you know, sure enough, by, by the end of the season, everybody got a little tickle of racing. Um, obviously, heading into this year, it's kind of the same thing. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of question marks in, as to what everybody's going to be doing. Um, you know, I've heard the July date kind of tossed around a lot, uh, you know, in speculation. A lot of people seem to point at July and August uh, to where everything gets, you know, closer to back to normal. But I remember at the beginning of last year, um, you know, we all talked about the same thing. Hopefully we get back on the track in July or August. Um, how does it look? What's the rumblings like on the east coast of Canada as a competitor? Um, and and uh, what what are you anticipating as, as a driver? Uh, I think we're in better shape than you guys. Um, the bubble's supposed to open next Sunday, I think. So once that gets growing, I'm sure we'll have more cases and what have you, but um, hopefully they just leave the thing open and it is what it is. But uh, I think we'll be in good shape. I don't know what the capacity is going to be like. I don't know what the restrictions are going to be, but I think we'll be able to start racing around May 15th. When that's when we're, our schedule is supposed to start. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm over the whole thing, but. I guess it is what it is. Yeah, everybody's in the same boat, I believe, Cole. We're all excited to get going. Uh, vaccines aren't coming out near quick enough for any of us to uh, really um, you know, be be hopeful, but, but we are hopeful. And 
so what will it be? Practice at, say, Scotia Speed World, get out, shake it down. And then, uh, Petty, I would take as you're going to be your first uh, series race, tour race. Uh, does it sort of sound like Petty's going to be in the same boat they were last year? Were they able to open up, or has there been any word on that yet? I'm not really 100% sure. I know Fredericton, May 15th, supposed to be our first race, which is the Speedway 660 group. So uh, there's uh, I know New Brunswick was kind of loose last year. They didn't really do much, but I think the roles have reversed, and they seem to be taking everything more serious now. So I don't know. I know Wayne Smith did a great job last year with everything that went on. They put a hell of a show on every single time we went there. So hopefully they'll be able to do that again this year. But, um, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to the news. I just uh, just go with the flow. Yeah, just get ready. That's all you got to do. Just get that thing ready to rock and roll. Uh, is this going to be the year? Let's say everything, uh, you know, hammers wide open. Uh, is this going to be the year that you're going to repeat as a champion in the Maritime Pro Stock Tour? At least go after the championship and give yourself a shot at it. Uh, uh, probably. I'm going to race all the four races except for I think we're going to Oxford instead of Petty one race so we'll deal with that when the time comes um, but we're going to do all the tour races we're going to do a couple open races at 660 all the Petty open races hopefully get to Oxford and go race them with Donnie Wilson yeah, and that works so great. You go down there and light the lamp in that machine down there I might add too the one that uh, the, the, the car that Jarrett was in it was pretty damn sporty in that uh, Snowball Derby, Snowflake 100. It worked uh, pretty damn good. I think Jared got it tuned up for him. No, he did really good. He did the best out of all of us. So we had a 3, 4, 5, 6 finish out of all of our cars that we took with us. So we couldn't, couldn't really complain. Yeah. No, you guys did a phenomenal job. It was really cool to see. And I know, uh, you know, well, even Speed Weeks. Uh, you know, the, the, the 54 that was the 54 yeah. showed up with a different number on it. That thing was quick. With the number three. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that was a brand new car that they prepared. And, uh, oh, they always build nice race cars and Rowdy and Donnie Wilson. So, uh, no, uh, we don't expect anything else. Much crossover from those machines that you run down south into what you run up here in Canada. Do you, uh, do you take much from that program and put it into your program? Uh, it's all the same, just different i guess is how you can put it they set their cars up more like nascar but in the in the end of things it's the same just they got to it a different way and but no um i don't know they're all steel and they all have four tires so uh Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how you use them, right? That's yeah. it. Cole. Uh, I, I know that you're you're heavily. Um, you're not just a driver. You you're you're heavily you know invested on the technical side of things. Um, you you like to you know set up your own cars and you like to go through them and you like to work on them. Uh, obviously, you have a great crew behind you as well. Um, but but you're. You're one of those guys that's not just the. You don't just show up with your helmet bag and, and fire suit and drive the car, um, mainly up here. Um, but you're you're you know you spend a lot of time on the setup and and going through and actually turning the wrenches yourself. Um, are you seeing anything that's that's surprising to you? Um, you know, over the last two to three years. 
Um, are you seeing any new trends or anything that's coming down the pipe? Obviously, you're not going to give us your trade secrets of, of what's coming down the line, but are you seeing anything that's surprising you on, on the technical side of things uh, in, in the late model world? And, and are you seeing anything where it's kind of getting out of hand? Or, or do you like where the position's at when it comes time for late model racing? The way I look at things is like, I don't know, you look like Forte and all those guys with all their tricked out rear ends. Well, that's stuff they did back in like the 70s and 80s, so we call it new technology, but it's actually old back when like the Dylan cars ran and all that stuff. But uh, racing in general is just getting out of hand. Uh, they're expensive. Like my Rowdy car, $1,000 for a left front spindle. Just stupid. So uh, it's getting out of hand and it's hurting our sport that way. Um, I don't know. Technology-wise, I think we're going backwards. Like we all ran the center pole and the rears. Now we're going back to standard three-link suspension. So it's just a back-and-forth movement. And some guys like it. Some guys don't. Some guys run springs. Some guys run bump stops. It just depends on how you apply it. I don't think it really matters. I think you could go there with a car on spring and still dominate. Um, it's just. We just get in our heads where you need to have all this new technology and be and have this and have that and spend this much money, which you really don't in the end. But it's just a game we all play with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that, n- no better no better way to say it. It, it seems like it is a uh, it, it's it's a constant push and pull, um, you know, between the the track in the, the rule book and and the competitor base. Um, everybody looking for that little. It, it, it's funny. Everybody's looking for you know not just tenths of a second they're looking for hundredths of a second now right like like you're looking for such tight you know improvements um and and guys get off in the weeds and and it seems like the ones that are consistent that know their program and know their baseline and and don't change a whole lot are are the ones that that end up up front anyways right like it seems like once you've you've learned the craft and you've learned the the direction they're not they're not throwing the kitchen sink at it every single weekend they get a solid baseline and they go from there um and and they're they're fully competitive and and it seems like that's usually the case and then as as a sidebar it seems like one guy puts together a perfect race and he's got you know x y and z that's different than everybody else and now everybody's got to buy those x y's and z's um it, it it's it's really interesting to hear you say that that you know it's it's not as bad as it looks from the outside it just guys get it in their head that it has to be that bad right well, yeah, you get like everybody's buying speed. You look at Dylan Blankhorn; he dominated in the Van Dorn car. There was six Van Dorn cars up here, but guess what? Only Dylan Blankhorn's making it work. Uh, King Racing, Jonathan Hickens, Cassius Clark—they all kicked their butts for a while. Everybody bought Fury cars. Um, Butcher Racing dominated for a while. We have distance cars. We're still the only people with distance cars because Jeff only wants to deal with us. But uh, it's just—it's uh, different than how it used to be. Um, you can—you can. You can pull out a checkbook now and and you're gonna go fast unfortunately so it's just uh the way the times are going and uh money just doesn't seem to be an object anymore we're with cole butcher tonight driver the number 53 out on canada's east coast you can catch him in the parts for trucks maritime pro stock tour cole i gotta ask you uh but we haven't talked much rules did the tour change much rules this year over 2019, or did they leave the rule book alone? Uh, we were supposed to go back to different rules in 2020. Then we all sat down and spoke, and it didn't really 
make any sense. So we're all going back to our 2019 rules, which uh, I think the Maritime Pro Factory is a pretty good package between our shocks, our tire, our motors, and what have you. You can actually race uh, pretty a, at a pretty good price and uh, not break the bank doing it. So, no, uh, as far as I know, everything's staying the same and uh, should be good. Oh, it's going to be amazing if it's uh, based off the 2019 set of rules. Uh, you guys put on a whale of a show each and every time on the Speedway, and that is critical. That's why the fans come out. Uh, dynamite stuff. Riverside, that's one track that, uh, well, you got it solved the last time, didn't you? Yeah, it's probably one of my least favorite racetracks, to be honest. I don't know. I just It's a different animal. I like PEI and Patty, like the tight racetracks, but... Uh... We've had pretty good luck there the last couple of years, and we've, we've had it figured out. So hopefully we can get the 250 in this year and maybe add that to our trophy case. Ooh, wouldn't that be a dandy? That's the one everybody shoots for. I know uh, there's a lot of them out there, but that's definitely one. That IWK 250 is uh, one sweet race to win. Uh, it's a good one to be in, but it's a, it's, a, it's even sweeter when you could go win it, I can well imagine. I've never done it, but I've uh, been lucky enough to call 10 different races that uh, guys did win it, and uh, they're truly special every time in Victory Lane. Uh, so you're going to get that car ready to go. It's going to be red. It's going to be the same look. Uh, we got the same driver behind the seat. Uh, Jarrett, what do you think? Is he going to get a win this year? I uh, hope not. Because <laughs> that means you didn't, right? No, he'll definitely get a win, probably at Scotia or someplace. But, uh, no, he'll be good. Um, we pretty well have twin cars now, so I've had really good luck with my car. So hopefully he does the right thing to get in the victory lane. I know pretty well all the team wants him to get in victory lane so we get that over with. But uh, he just has to put everything together and get it done. If you're on the racetrack, you're not going to give him the win, though. Oh. So we had a conversation today at work. I was like, we need to be more like a team. I said, I'm at the racetrack for one reason, the 53 to finish first and the 54 to finish last. <laughs> <laughs> that, that brotherly dinner, love. Brotherly love each and every time. And I've seen you guys on that racetrack, and you don't cut each other, not even a little bit. You uh, race them just as hard as you do everybody else on the track. And I know Jarrett races you that way, too, which is good. That's what you're supposed to do, right? No, that's right. Uh, I don't know. You shouldn't really give and take because it kind of looks looks funny, and then people get talking, and you get your Facebook warriors out there. So, uh, you know, we'll just keep it uh, true and fair, and uh, we'll have a race, and we'll put on a show for the fans. Yeah, and that's what you guys are always awesome to do. Cole, I can't wait till the next time that we are standing uh, a couple feet apart, and yeah. we're doing interviews live uh, right there in the pits. Uh Man, I'll tell you, I can't wait for that day. It feels like it's been a lot longer than two years already. It's uh, it's it's incredible. But uh, it's been great catching up with you tonight. We genuinely appreciate your time. Ann and Darren doing good? Yeah, they're all doing good. Work's busy, which is good. And, uh, you know, the crew guards are good. David, James, Pixie, Kirk, Craig, they're all staying busy, and they can't wait to get back to the track either well i, I we can't wait either uh just stay get get ready get ready to go and uh we'll be following you along on uh, your twitter your facebook page and uh finding out uh, how things unfold for testing 
and I know I look forward to getting you back on Race Time Radio. Uh, we're going to try and grab Jarrett uh, down the road here, and we'll find out if you told him everything that you're uh, that that you're supposed to tell him, or did you hold anything back? Did you hold back even just a little bit? Every time he asks me something, I usually give him a short, short answer. So <laughs> I'm not really the best brother in the world, but uh, we're there for each other in the end. Yeah, you want to believe it. I can guarantee you guys are. You take it easy tonight, Cole, and thanks so much for the time. Thank you guys for having me. We'll, we'll do this again soon. Absolutely. Driver of the number 53, Cole Butcher. They don't make them much better than that, Junior. No, they don't. And, uh, you know, the, the excitement level of, of what they've got going on, um, the the – the Atlantic Tilt and Load team, when they show up to a maritime race, when they show up to a race down south now, everybody knows Atlantic Tilt and Load, when they see that red, oh, yeah. there's, uh, there's a fast car in the pits. And, and uh, um, you know, just uh, it, it's really interesting. You know, we've been on the air for, for a long time now. And, you know, it, it seems like yesterday where Cole was just talked about as, you know, the upcoming kid. The new guy. The new guy. And, and yep. we were blown away at the speed that he showed. And, you know, all of those things, right? You know, we could hit the rewind button and, and bring up the, the first interview that we had with Cole. And, yeah. and the first time we heard the, the name Butcher come across our airwaves. And, and really to see the progression and to see that team and what they've built. Um, you know, they're, uh, you look at photos of the race shop, um, you know, it's not... It's not just a garage with a race car in it. No, <laughs> you know, there's, no, no. It, it, it's a race shop, and uh, you know they've uh, they've they've built a program there um, that is you know really second to none. I would put it up against you know any of the Pinty's teams that are out there. Yeah, um, they've got a lot of smart people in the background um, as well. They've got you know two drivers that aren't just drivers they work on their cars and and actually wrench and understand the the dynamics of of what it takes to to be a part of the sport and it's going to be interesting to see that's one of those families right that mm -hmm. uh you know they have been a massive part of motorsports and uh um you know you look at the Seabert family we just had them on the butcher family is, is a family that you know is is you know poised to be uh, you know, a part of motorsports all the way through, and, uh, you know, hats off to them. Yeah, dynamite stuff. We're going to step out, take a quick break. When we come back, Alex Tagliani is going to join this program. We look forward to it. Uh, stick around. It's going to be dynamite. <laughs> You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, Channel 167. Dive Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn, Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew. Also by APX Racewear, the motorsports leader in custom crew apparel and fire suits. Mad Dog Sports Radio is opinionated, passionate sports talk with a bite from the hijinks of the morning man. I bet your parents do it too. They go big bulk shopping. Hey, so I got 50 jars of dog sauce. You got to eat sauce. Oh, my God, I got damn. To the inside of Adam Shine. Bill Belichick is the best coach in the history of sports. Not NFL, sports. And the animated <laughs> energy of the Mad Dog. Talk himself, Christopher Russo. It's the channel to talk about your favorite sports team. Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Rev TV is Canada's own motorsports network. 
featuring live races and rallies from around the world and right here at home. Rev TV is your destination for motorsports action 24-7. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. Fox News Headlines 24-7 is on Sirius XM with headlines every 15 minutes. I'm Kevin Brinkholm. I'm Therese Crowley. I'm Jim McKay. A channel that delivers your world news, business, what's trending in digital, entertainment, and sports. Your news in a way you've never heard before with headlines every 15 minutes. Fox News Headlines 24-7. All the information you need. Ready when you are. From America's News Headquarters. Sirius XM Channel 115. Or listen on the Sirius XM app. Taking you all the way to the track and back. Ah, the big polar bear bringing us back from break. Welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio Live tonight on RacetimeRadio.com. And I'm sure to be delayed on Sirius XM Channel 167, but uh, there's more games to be played and I know we will be back in our normal time slot at that 7 p.m. on April 25th. But until then, a little delay. That's okay. We can get away with that still on Sirius. So uh, let's get back to the hotline, shall we? Uh, this next guest, he has won all kinds of NASCAR Pinnies races. How about this? He sat atop the Indianapolis 500 pole not too many years ago. Uh, he's got many IndyCar races. Uh, he ran NASCAR Xfinity, NASCAR Trucks. Uh, he just burns up the racetrack, and he gives back to Canadians all the time. And tonight he's with us live on Race Time. Let's welcome in Alex Stegliani, shall we? How you doing, Alex? It's been a long, long time, brother. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing fantastic. How about you? Yeah, um, I'm doing okay. Um, wish that... Um you know, times would be different, but uh, it's what it is. Huh? We're all in the same boat. Yeah, we are. We're all in the same boat. we got to roll up, get a shot, and uh, I don't know. Alex, I'm hoping May and June look a whole lot more different than what uh, March and April look like. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, too. I think um, I think the old world is uh, is needing a little bit of, um, of freedom. I think, uh, you know... A lot of the young kids are are struggling. Um, it's it's been tough. I mean, you know, like uh, you know, us, we're working really hard. We have projects, but uh, uh, the, you know, people are are affected differently in this situation. So um, you know, I feel for everybody out there, and I know it's not easy. So we're all um, we're all with, uh, wishing for the the, the best, and, and very soon. So let's talk plans now. I know you've got uh, NASCAR Pinty stuff all uh, in in the works. You've probably got, uh, let's see, some truck stuff maybe, maybe some Xfinity. Uh, how about a go-kart facility all going? Alex, you have not been sitting on the couch. No, no, definitely. Um, 
you know, I'm looking forward to uh, to get back in in, in something. Uh, to tell you the truth, um, you know, the NASCAR stuff is um, is, is still in the work. Um, I've been speaking with the team. Uh, we're we're excited to uh, to get back rolling uh, with the 18. Obviously, 22 Racing has been preparing the car. Um, we finished uh, the last race last year, uh, where we took that championship into uh, into a learning process for us to get our car a bit better on the oval. And I think the team worked really, really hard to to make some progress. And um, I'm looking forward to see where we where we are. Um, you know, personally, I think if we found a little bit, I think our car is going to be much more complete around all kinds of racetrack. And the way the championship looks like, and if it stays as is, we'll have a very good combination of uh, road course and oval. And um, and I think we'll have a shot uh, to fight. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and that's cool. Alex, uh, I, I can't tell you what it would mean to me as a Alex Tagliani fan, not to mention the fans across Canada, uh, to see you with a, uh, a like a, a real shot. I know you've always got a shot to win races, but not always are you in position to win the championship because of, you know, other commitments. Sometimes you got to step out and, you know, you got to go and you got to go run that Xfinity race or you got to go run that truck race. And it sort of, you know, comes into uh, maybe not effect, but, uh, you know, it, it takes away the opportunity to maybe be a champion that particular season. Do you think 2021 could be the year that you join Andrew Ranger and DJ Cannington and Scott Steckley and, uh, and LP Dumoulin and those guys as champions in this series. You think you're going to be one of those in 2021? Uh, I hope so. Um, you know, 2018, um, we, we had a really good shot at it. We, we, we came down to the wire until the last race with uh, LP. Uh, it was a good, good season. Um, in in the season where we won three races, I don't remember what year it was, but we won Sunset. Uh, we won. You Sunset. didn't just win. Hold on a second. You didn't just win Sunset. You embarrassed the field. You lapped everybody. That there, you could have taken two trophies on that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was awesome. We had a really really we had a really good car. First of all, we had a really spaceship, and uh, and on top of that, our car was set up in a way that it was just not burning tires and uh, and lucky for us we had 265 laps without a yellow so everybody was really really hurting it was you know i felt for the guys you know when i was you know passing them and lapping them because i, I could see the car degrading um and they were struggling and and, and it was just luck of the draw you know like we, we had a fast car but our car was really good for the long run, and it was very, very well balanced, and it stayed balanced, and I think um, made all the difference. But, yeah, we had a couple of years where, where we were in contention. You know, we finished third in the owner's points. Uh, in 2018, we finished second in, in the driver's points. Uh, we always had, you know, good owners-type racing because when, I'm, when I was not there, I was putting someone in the car that was able to score some good points. But... Uh, in, in 2019, uh, we, we, you know, we were expecting way, way better things for, for us, but we got really 
surprise. And I think the, the new tires, when they when they arrive, um, that was a big curveball for us, and it basically took our team by surprise. And all the strength that we had on the oval, we lost it all, and our championship became a road course type thing where we always been super competitive and we shine there. So. Uh, I think since then we, we needed to roll our sleeve up and 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 um, you know I we I didn't finish this season also because I got sick. Uh, Scott jumped in the car in Saint Eustache and and saw that uh, obviously our car was was um, was not right and uh, we needed to do some work. But then 2020 we had like the season that we had uh, with the COVID situation. So yeah, I mean it's it's there's a lot of um, you know, there's a lot of uh, expectation on our side, and, and we're really hoping that uh, everything that we've been working on and the team is really pushing on every angle to uh, to make our car faster where, where we lost uh, since we we, uh, we got that new general tire on the car for us. Um, and if they did, and if we did, then I think if we get back to where we should be, I think we're going to be a contender, and, and that's what we're hoping for. Alex, uh, the the season, you know, looking at, uh, you know, obviously, you know, up against COVID and, and looking at the season that's ahead of us on the NASCAR Pinty side, um, there's, you know, it, there's a very interesting dynamic. Ob- obviously, last year, uh, just oval races, you know, six races total um, and, you know, kind of sprint races because they were all split up, right? There was uh, there was two races on one day, uh, similar to that of what we've seen at, at Saskatoon. Uh, this year, a little bit more conventional, but uh, also a little bit condensed because we're only covering two provinces. Um, uh, I- I've heard a lot of uh, excitement about the Quebec weekend where we race at Chaudière and, and at ICAR. Uh, two races in two days uh, uh, across the province, basically, of Quebec. Um, that seems like a, a really exciting um, weekend that's you know in the windshield. Um, but, uh, you know, looking at the schedule that is laid out in front of us, um, is there anything that jumps off the page as really exciting to you? I mean, all the races to me are exciting. I, I think, um, you know, I really, I was a bit disappointed that we were not going to start at Mossports, but, um, you know, like, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, uh, all the effort and all the, the work that uh, NASCAR did, you know, behind the scene to come up with like a, a pretty intensive schedule like we're going to have. And, um, and like you mentioned, I mean, it's going to be the first time that the trucks are going to get on the road with two cars in the, in the truck, uh, with, where, 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 multiple cars, but, you know, the road course and the oval uh, car. And uh, we're going to make the first stop at um, ICAR and then run on the road course and then the next day we're going to be at Chaudière and we're going to run on the oval with another car. So I think it's exciting. Um, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, intense for for the crew. Um, you know, they're not going to be taking care of the car that's going to run in ICAR because it's going to be a complete different car. So the other one will be ready. But nevertheless, when you spend one full day uh, to run on a track and you start all over again the next day, it's it's. It's definitely, you know, uh, hard for the guys because we're not only practicing and qualifying, we're basically racing. And, um, you know, after a big race, you know, the guys are really happy to go home. So now we're going to end up having two two to do back-to-back 
Um, and and Chaudière is going to be a double header on top of that. So I think you know it's um, you know I mean that that portion of the schedule is exciting to me. Um, you know our indoor karting center is uh, is is on the highway on the way to Icar. So um, you know the hauler are going to stop by probably, or they're uh, a lot of the crew are are going to come and check it out and going to have some fun with the boys. So yeah, I mean that that part of the schedule is exciting, you know, for for me. Um, I I saw Tree River back on the schedule uh, late in the year, so fingers crossed. I'm hoping that uh, we're gonna be there. Um, and and you know the same old same old. You know we we have uh, we have Jucasa and um, you know we have uh, the, the, the 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 beautiful oval that that Jucasa is. And um, you know, back to, back to uh, Flamborough Speedway as well. So I think there's there's a ton of you know like uh, exciting things that uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, on the schedule, um, some new tracks that's been a while that I didn't do as well. So yeah, I mean, also like you know, if our car is good, I mean, it doesn't matter what the schedule looks like. You know, <laughs> when your car is good, you're like enjoying it every day. So um, yeah, that's. Basically, 95% my main focus. Hopefully, we bring we, we we brought it to where it needs to be. It's interesting that you mentioned Flamborough Speedway. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk. Of course, the crews didn't really mingle a whole lot last year because of the entire you know virus, and everybody just kind of stayed together and with their own teams. What did you think about Flamborough Speedway last year? Well, to tell you the truth, I was thinking it was. I thought it was fine. Um, you know, basically. I, I was expecting way worse than that because you know like when we when we go onto short tracks you know like we don't want to go onto shorter tracks than what we have but I think that um, you know I think what the what makes the difference I think with our series now is that if if there is some tire dig right well you know like if the cars goes if the car goes away then there's going to be some passing opportunity and some lead changes and some position changes, right? Yeah. I think it's it's when when the tires are too, you know, good and and the car are too similar, and everybody is capable of doing the same lap time for the first 150 laps, you know, then you know it's 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 kind of boring, right? So I think the longer we make you know the stints or the stages or the the um, you know the races, the better it is because Absolutely. I think it, it's not just a sprint race anymore. You know, like it, it's gonna, it, it's enough that the tires can go down, and if it does, then the setup comes into an effect. You know, like the way you 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 keep your stuff to the end also could play uh, a part of it. Uh, since we do double header and they're split it into a one long race into two sections of of races. I think that's important that, that we have that. You know, I hope that if we would go to Flamborough Speedway and on a normal weekend it would be a 300-lap race, then I hope that we're going to do two 150-lap race because if we only do 100, I think it basically takes away, you know, how much the car is going to go away. Yep. Uh, and then, it, it's, then it, it brings back the situation of hard passing because – 
the cars are too similar, you know, and then it becomes tough to, to create a show. I second, I second that wholeheartedly. You know, the, the most exciting Pinty's races that stand out in my mind on ovals, um, of course, these back in the day were, were live pit stops, right? So you, you could lose position on, on you know, pit road. Uh, you could, you know, change tires any time that you wanted. Um, so it's a little bit different now because that has kind of went by the wayside other than at, you know, the, the road courses um, and, and really only the one road course at, uh, at CTMP. And I think that's changed for this year. Uh, but the most exciting races that I can remember in the NASCAR Pinty Series um, are Barry Speedway. You know when they were three hundred when they were three hundred laps. Um, uh, the Motoplex races. You know at uh, Vernon. At, at Vernon. Yeah. Um, you know when when the tires would give up and you know you would have uh, you know tire give up. Uh, you would have guys on varying pit strategies, um, and you know I, I I second that wholeheartedly. I I've always you know. In a top-tier series, when they split it halfway and everybody gets the tires at the same time, I, I kind of don't like that. You know, I, I like when the guys have options. So it's really interesting uh, to hear you give that feedback as well um, because, you know, I, I think that last year's Flamborough race would have been a whole lot different if the tires went away. And, yeah, and I, think, I think you're right because it doesn't really matter about how big the track is and you know, how possible it is. Like, what really matters is, is what you're saying. It, it's basically having the opportunity. Well, and on top of that, don't forget, like, on our race day, we don't have the, 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 the capability to, to, do, to test our car and do long runs, right? Exactly. So I, 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 never, I never met a guy that was, had enough practice time to basically throw in 75 laps on his tires and say, oh, I, I did a long run. You know, I, I, it never happens to me. So most of the time when we used to do those races and they were 300-lap races, the long run, it happens in the race. And then you discover, you know, if, if you dialed your setup right and if you, you guessed it right, you know, and then if you did your tire pressure right. So I think there was, like, a lot more, uh, you know, passing and, and lead changes and, and, and position changes uh, guys going from the front to the back and from the back to the front and 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 I think we're missing we're missing that so um, I mean with with the COVID situation and uh, NASCAR kind of like revamping their schedule to make it uh, to to have the chance to have a season and that's kind of the priority and I understand we need to adapt you know somehow we also need to remember you know like what we could do you know, if we have to make changes, what we can do to get our car to, to be able to do that, you know, to behave like that and um, and forget about the sprint races because if we start doing like, you know, like 100 lap races or 50 lap races, I, I think we're not going to, we're not going to put as much of a show. That, that's my personal opinion and I will adapt to whatever they decide for us, for the good of the series and for us to go racing. But, um, yeah, we, we still need to think about, a, a bit about that in the future. With Alex Tagliani tonight, of course, a NASCAR Pinty Series uh, competitor in the number 18. And uh, uh, you can see him in all different types of series. And we have uh, Indy. Indy, I've been seeing my phone every now and then pop up. I get some, uh, some more IndyCar uh, updates. Uh, you got one eye happening, uh, like just uh, where you're now, uh, where you are now, Alex. Do you happen to watch anything that's happening over in Indy? Yeah, I mean, I'm watching Indy quite often. Uh, I get some feedback from Scott. Um, 
I've, I've stayed connected with Tim. We've been friends, you know, like when, when I was uh, living in Indianapolis, um, he was from there. So um, we, would, uh, we would have dinner quite a bit. And, uh, and um, Emma and, and Bronte uh, and the kids, too. So, um, yeah, I miss those guys, but uh, I stay connected with Tim. Um, and I, I, you know, like just uh, watch what's going on out there. So I think it's going to be an interesting season for IndyCar. Um, there's some new faces. Uh, I think, um, you know, if, if, if the car uh, is what it is and they make some changes on the push-to-pass and uh, they have improved a little bit the aerodynamics, I think we, we would see, you know, some pretty good, pretty good show. And, I, and I, last year there was some pretty interesting race, but I think we need a bit more of that. Um, 2012, when we um, when we ran with the 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 new Dallara, it, it was the first year that, uh, in my personal opinion, the body was at its best, uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, and I think also on the oval, we've seen Indianapolis with like 85 passes for the lead. That was absolutely crazy. Um, and then there was like the Batmobile. I called it the Batmobile yeah. was created with like all the Honda and Chevy bodywork. They went away from that. Um, I hope they increase the downforce from the floor, reduce a little bit the downforce from the top wings and front rear wing to uh, to allow cars to follow. And uh, if they did that, um, you know, I think it, it's going to be fun to watch. If the phone rang tomorrow and it was uh, a competitive team in IndyCar, and they said, Alex, we want you behind the wheel of our car for the Indianapolis 500. Would you do it? No. No, you're done? You're done, IndyCar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, um, you know, I think you need, to, uh, you need to realize and respect, you know, like the quality of the drivers that are there. Mm-hmm. And once, you, once you're out of a car for that long, it's, it's very, very difficult to get back in um, for for a one race deal. Um, I, I, if if I would have a team that would call me and say, you know, we would give you a full season, and you know, like we would support you for a full season, I would I would do it. You know, like if it would be my car, my team, you know, my crew, and I would fo- uh, we would focus on that program. Uh, I mean, even if it's like. You know, maybe not the most competitive team, but let's say they need some experience or whatsoever. I, I would look into it. You know, I would put myself into shape. I would basically train like like an animal, and uh, I would, um, you know, I, if they pay me, I would go. You know, but the, the days of uh, running around for sponsorship and 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 pay, 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 and and just. Uh, you know, like I've done that when I was young, and uh, I invested in my career. I, I've done everything I needed to do, um, but uh, you know, where I am right now in my career, everything has to make sense to do things. You know, if it's a job, if it's a job that I chose, I would do it. But uh, I would not do racing at any cost anymore, and I would not do racing if it doesn't make any sense. Um, if it takes me like disrespecting the sport or the other drivers uh, I would not also not do it because I think it's it's too dangerous to act like that and Indianapolis on top of every other track it's it's one of the most uh, difficult track it's one of the track that you really need to 
uh, have a tremendous amount of respect for it, and like the preparation is very intense. So, you know, when I was younger and I wanted to have a career in IndyCar, I would basically accept pretty much any sorts of deal. And maybe sometimes I even did some mistake by accepting those deals, but I was in a position where I wanted to race at any cost, and, and it was okay then, but, uh, but not anymore. I think uh, too much at risk. Um, so if it doesn't make sense, it would be very foolish from, from my part to, uh, to accept. Well, I can tell you uh, from where I stand uh, in looking at you and knowing you, Alex Tagliani, there is not a doubt in my body uh, that you couldn't prepare yourself to get back into one of those Indy cars, even though they've gone through change and you haven't been in one in a little while. Uh, I, I have no doubt in my body that you couldn't jump back in and make that car fly to the front. Um, uh, it, it's you're, you're one of those drivers that is... Uh, you got to be Canada's most diversified driver, and I've said it a number of times. Um, you can get in anything, and I know when you get into it, even if it's not a competitive ride, you will make it uh, something that everybody is going to definitely uh, tune into and watch because uh, they'll never know what's going to happen when Alex Tagliani's behind the wheel. When do the preparations, when do you think everything is solidified and ready to announce for the number 18 in the NASCAR Penny Series this year? Uh, when do you think that's going to be coming up? Well, um, uh, we've been working on a new livery for uh, the road course car and um, very, very minor changes on the oval car. Uh, so uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, you know, uh, unveil that once the car is fully wrapped and, and ready to go. I spoke to Scott uh, quite a bit uh, over the last couple of weeks, maybe three, four times. And, uh, you know, I, I like what I hear. Um, you know, the team is very motivated. Um, you know, we're going to have some new personnel also working uh, with us. Um, so I think, uh, you know, uh, until we really analyze the performance of our car, it's, it's tough to say. But, you know, everything seems very positive. So... I'm looking forward to it. Um, hopefully, we can get maybe a test, a test or two. Um, you know, uh, somehow. I mean, obviously, the team is going to tell me uh, when when everything is 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 okay to do it. Um, and um, and in the meantime, you know, I'm working also with the the go kart team because we have a pretty big team, 12 drivers that uh, you know that uh, the center is is going to operate. Um, and then obviously the opening of the center as well. It's, so there's three three uh, major <laughs> things going on, and uh, I could not pick the worst timing for all of them to arrive all at the same time. You know, it, it's it's crazy because it's karma, right? Yeah. It, you know, like none of those could have happened. You know, with two three months of of gap in between, they all have to happen at the same time. Well. So uh, I'm pulling my hair out of my uh, my head right now. I wouldn't doubt it. And Brown T will be going, you yo-yo, what are you doing? You're putting too much on the plate at one time. But Alex Tagliani, that's you. That's what you do. That's yeah, what you're I'm, good I'm at. Pretty, uh, I'm pretty lucky to have uh, to have her in my life and uh, and Eva because, uh, you know, she's going to turn six here in, uh, in five days. Come on. Come on. Yeah, six? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, and they... They they see, huh? They, it's like uh, she realizes it, and she she says, you know, like, oh, daddy, you know, we 
you're not with us anymore. You're always working at the center. So I have to be careful. I have to try to, uh, you know, balance my life because uh, the, the, the workload that uh, I'm putting into uh, to that makes me gone pretty much seven days a week right now. So it's, it's tough on them, and um, I have to be careful. Well, I got to tell you, you got to be careful because I know I look to my left and I look at my son and he was six. I remember when he was six and now he's 32, three. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You're not even going to own up to your age now, are you? No, I'm too old now. Uh, You are too. A little bit of gray coming out. I'm telling you, Alex, the years go by way, way too fast. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I mean, there was a... At the beginning, when when I moved back to to, to Montreal, right, and uh, and and I was like, uh, you know, more dedicated towards the NASCAR Canadian Series, I was uh, I was very happy. I was very happy because uh, there was a big change that happened into my life, and um, I start bringing Eva to the race, um, and uh, you know, and 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 it was fun. You know, it, it was something that. Uh, when when I saw that I could be at a racetrack and I could have my family there, um, you know, it, it was cool. And then she started playing, you know, a couple of races. She played with uh, DJ Sanchez, and and uh, and and she en- ended up enjoying it too, right? She had a little bike, a little scooter, and I think that old dynamic made me super happy to continue to race because uh, Bronte and I, we 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 had like we we give up pretty much everything. For racing, you know, we just work our, you know, our our tails off on on every aspect of it, and uh, made a lot of sacrifice. And uh, I invested in real estate, and she always followed, and she always been very big supporter. And you know, we moved seven, eight times in in ten years. It was it was pretty hectic life. And I think when when I started to race in the NASCAR Kane series, and then Eva Rose arrived, I don't know why, but I just start to re-enjoy the time spent at the track. So, um, um, you know, if there is one thing that I'm looking forward to it is, is racing again in, in a normal circumstances with, with the crowd and, and with, with normal uh, situation in the paddock because, because I, I, I miss that. Because if we go back racing the way we did it, in 2020, we're going to do it for the good of the sport, but it's 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 not as fun as the way it was before with with my family. So I'm looking forward to uh, get back to uh, to normal. Absolutely, all of us are, uh, Alex. We're all one big family, and I can't wait to get your family back with our family. Uh, and we're going to do it all, hopefully, in 2021. This has been great catching up with you, my friend. And I know we're going to get up with you lots more throughout the course of the year. Uh, good luck with the Carding Center. Get the door swung open. We'll get some fans in there. And I know everybody will have a great time. And I can't wait to hear how everything works out. With that 18, we'll get some crew announcements and everything coming up. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate. Yeah, if uh, if the center opens up and Icar is uh, is a go, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to have you guys there and uh, and uh, have a beer and, and just chill. Oh, can't wait, can't wait, my friend Alex Tegliani. You have a good one. Give give both of them a hug for us, will you? Thanks, guys. Take care. You betcha, Alex Tegliani. Uh, he is one of those guys, and uh, he's getting prepared. He is.
I wonder if bumping is going to be allowed. Because if, if the haulers have to go buy you Tags' mean, go-kart track, yeah, I can just about guarantee that there's going to be a bunch of teams stop there, especially if he's going to have an event. Um, a bunch of Pinney's teams out at the racetrack, yes. at a go-kart track. Yeah. Is a is a dangerous is a dangerous mix. Well, you see, the key to that, <laughs> the key to that would be to get the day's race over with that iCar in a decent time. So if all of the guys are good and they run the race off nice and clean, and you get through the victory lane ceremonies and all the stuff you got to do, get into the haulers and get down the road. Then you see you can get to the center in a decent time. Oh, that's right. And then you guys can go out and have a little bit of fun. But, now, I've seen iCar. I've seen iCar a, a number of times, and uh, uh, it is the equivalent to Martinsville. To you know, when you look at at short, tight racetracks, yes, that, yes, that uh, that iCar facility is going to be uh, it, it's going to be a wild show. I, I can that that weekend is going to be. A, an incredible weekend for the NASCAR Pinty Series. Um, I, I can't wait to uh, to see that that entire weekend transpire because you know you, you put these guys on the racetrack and, and like Alex says, you know you, you you put the the team on the racetrack and everybody at the end of the show is ready to go home. Yes, in this case, yeah, it's yeah. not that way. No, nope. and uh, you got to load up and go to the next. I, one. I guarantee you, you you best. Uh, um, you know, have tickets to both those shows um, <laughs> if if fans are allowed for those events because there's going to be, um, you know, it, there's going to be some hurt feelings at the end of it. There's going to be some excitement um, like you haven't seen before in the Penny Series. Um, you know, it's it's going to be just a, a wild show. We're Did you notice Alex Tagliani didn't mention the dirt track? No, I wanted to ask no. him about it. And the next time we have him on the program, we but obviously have to talk about it. Listen, we could dedicate an hour to Alex Tagliani because he's got so much. Absolutely. There is so much to talk about. You know what's interesting, though? What? He mentioned the fact that, you know, he doesn't want to do the pay and pay and pay thing. Right? Right, right. right. So, you know, it, it gets thrown around in the sport a lot that – that you know, oh, uh, you know, X Y driver, and I'm not talking about Alex here, but this this driver is is there on Daddy's money, or right, this right. this guy here is is there just because of the, the the checkbook, right? That gets thrown around a lot. Alex Tagliani, it doesn't matter the name, it doesn't matter who we're talking about in the sport. If they're a big name in motorsports, they have had to round up money to get themselves in position to do. What, what it is they, they do. do. Yep. And yep. they have had to be smart. They've had to work with sponsors. They've had to work with investors. They've had to work with somebody with money. It's more um, than just driving a car. It's it's a hell of a lot more than just driving a car. Now, to, to the point where Alex is at now, he's built up a brand name. And his brand name is synonymous with all things motorsports. Um, he gets opportunities that nobody else gets. Right. Or or the people that are just on his level get right. Um, DJ Kennington, another guy. 30 seconds. That's all gets, we got. Left. Gets a big sure. opportunity. Yep. Um, you know, for because of the, the brand name that they've built and uh, he's done a great job with it. Um, really looking forward to seeing what they can put together for for 2021. Hey, we are back. We are back. Great, great having a discussion tonight. Little rocky off the start, but I got the feedback taken care of. I still got some more work to do in this studio. Uh, we got to get that second line going because we had callers tonight. Couldn't couldn't bring them on the show. So uh, we, I got some work to do, but I will have it all dialed in for next week here on Race Time Radio. I want to thank uh, Quickwick. 
the world's best fire starter. And I got to thank Napa out in Nova Scotia, out in Port Hawkesbury, uh, uh, New Glasgow. Uh, I got to thank um, uh, just everybody for sticking with us. I know it was a long stretch. We weren't on the air. Uh, it's like seven, eight weeks. Yep. But I'm telling you, we're back. We're back full tilt. We're in a brand new studio. I'm getting the bugs worked out. And uh, we, we uh, everything is only going to go up from here. And what a kickoff tonight with some great guests here on this program. Absolutely. And, you know, I've heard some really positive things. There's been some guys added to the Quick Wick racing team, oh. uh, like Mike Kriniak and so Tyler Hahn. To, and to a bunch of guys have been added to that program uh, that heard about it through uh, RTR. Um, hats off to them. We'll get Mike Kriniak on the program uh, and, and his team. Uh, they're going to be a part of the Quick Wick deal. So um, there's a, there's so much happening with that. Oh, they're, yeah. they're putting together a team like Second to None and and uh, uh, hats off to Frank and the guys. Yes, Frank Wall and uh, Dave, everybody at Quick Quick. We're going to get them back up. We'll get them back on, but that's going to do it for us here tonight on Race Time. Uh, we will catch you next Sunday night, 7 p.m., right here on Race Time Radio. You all have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent.